Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. At that moment, only Joe Montana was a more popular quarterback in the history of Notre Dame. <laughs> with SI's Pat Forty. Usually you're getting guys from St. This or Our Lady of That. Now you are going to more public schools in more urban areas. And he said, yeah, the goal is to identify the best players, then figure out if they fit at Notre Dame. Here's Pat and Dan. Uh, welcome to the pod. We're back. Thank you for uh, sticking with our one one pod last week. You could blame me because I was away. Down oh, in, we're, uh, we're blaming you, all right. Uh, you forgot your <laughs> podcast equipment. I was willing to do a podcast, <laughs> another podcast on vacation. That's I'm a true. Coal miner over here. <laughs> <laughs> you were willing, and I did forget mine, but I was so busy doing actual other work that that's why I forgot. I was going up to Indianapolis talking to people. I was going to South Bend talking to people. You were drinking Mai Tais on the beach, willing to semi-soberly pod. Still, we'll have to go back. I need to go back and examine the audio from last pod and see how many bush lights you might have had in you at that well, point. Well, uh, let me just say this. Um, in the course of last week's, uh, the big, uh, what game got Joe Buck, did, was Joe Buck traded for? Yes. I had it right in my notes, but then somewhere along the line, I got confused. Uh, and a, so, Okay, so I had the date right, which is September 1st, and I had Penn State right. But on Penn State plays Purdue on September 1st, did not play Minnesota. Uh, ah. Somewhere I was right and wrong, which is in journalism is wrong, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but the other parts of the sentence were correct. No, I was wrong. So, uh, okay. Good. That's for the, the record. The Bush light clarifications game, and corrections section. Of yeah, the pod. this is where we're starting because I was drinking during the pod <laughs> at eleven, and I was really eager to get out of there. The Purdue Penn State game is is the game that was traded uh, for Joe Buck. Okay, if you listen to last pod, and I don't believe that game has a trophy. Oh wow! So. There you go. They need so to, they need the Joe Buck the Joe, trophy yeah. now. Yeah. Well, there it's yeah. If you type in football, you can't even really get rivalry doesn't even come up. <laughs> no, Purdue and Penn State, there's not a lot there. I have to say. Yeah, there's just nothing. Let's see. Uh history versus Penn State. They've played 19 times. Purdue has won three. Mm, hammer and nail. So it's 15-3 and one is Penn State. 
the let's see, I don't know. Well, the last time they played was 2019. Nittany Lions won 35-7. Anyway, this needs to become the Joe Buck game. Yes. Yes. We need a Joe Buck trophy. We need Joe Buck at the game. Yep. We need a they could do one of the sculptures of Joe Buck and make it it could be the same looking guy that they did for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he looked that Baker Mayfield statue in Norman, Oklahoma looks more like Joe Buck than Baker Mayfield. <laughs> There's tough times for sculptors out there. I think we're, I think we we are out of good sculptors. Uh, you know, you got to admit, not, how many sculptors do you know? There are well, not I, many. This is like that woman that did the um, who I've actually met, who did the courthouse drawing and made Tom Brady ugly. Oh. Remember that during <laughs> Deflategate? Oh, absolute. Like who's that ugly guy? Oh, that's <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> Like even Giselle was like, no, let's take, yeah. let's do this. Let's take the Baker Mayfield trophy and make that or that statue, make that the Joe Buck trophy. And then just retry again in Oklahoma. I think it's a great idea. Put that along. You know, that's up there with the Ronaldo statue and everything else where it's like, we're just having tough. We're struggling in the statue industry. Right At least now. they had the headband on him. The side <laughs> angle looked a little bit better. So, okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they need to retry it. But it's, it's not great. The other thing, it was like nine feet tall, too, wasn't it? I mean, it dwarfed Baker Mayfield, who's, who's not an overly tall quarterback. It was, uh, that was something. I said, maybe it's just hard to do sculpting. Maybe they were just, you know, like Michelangelo back in the day or whoever else were, were sculptors were just really darn good. And How do we even know what those people part. look like, though? That's the thing, right? Well, that's true. But, I mean, yeah, David at least looked like a human, very much so, very anatomically. Yeah, I, I think I think Michelangelo was like 24 when he did that too. So it really, really? makes me feel like a, a big old pile of good, <laughs> goodness. Yeah. And him, Mozart. Yeah, some yeah. people were a little more precocious than the people on this podcast. One of the more famous uh, bad statues, but at least the one I wrote about once, is in Martins uh, Martinsville, Indiana, hometown of John Wooden. Oh yeah. Oh, I've seen that. Oh yeah. There's a wax statue. <laughs> A wax statue that was supposed to be John Wooden. It looks nothing like John Wooden. He's dressed like John Wooden and has a little sign that says John Wooden. But <laughs> yeah. the head is not John Wooden. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I, I, I once was so perturbed by it, I spent an entire day doing an investigative story into it. Because <laughs> there were rumors in Martinsville that some some workers had knocked the wax head of John Wooden off and then they replaced it with a different head. Replaced it with Larry Starks, the farm insurance guy down the street. Or well, there was it was supposed to be this uh, this principal Percy, ah, I believe okay. his name was Henry Percy, and uh, somehow they made Henry Percy's head on John Wooden's body on the John Wooden statue in John Wooden's hometown. Now Henry Percy's a man of you know he's renowned. Obviously, he's the principal at high school. Uh, it turned out that somebody bought the statue, saw this statue. I mean, where do you get a wax statue? He was driving through northern Indiana and he, he was at a yard sale and there was a a a wax statue and the guy bought it <laughs> thinking it kind of looked like John Wooden. Oh, no. And they put it up in the high school. <laughs> and ever since, people have complained. What a terrible idea. It doesn't have the glasses on. It needs the glasses. And that Are would you help. looking at the picture right now? I am. It, it needs a lot. It needs a lot. It's a it's a very. I mean, to try to pass that off as John Wooden, it might as well pass me off as Wilt Chamberlain. It's not working. 
I, I found this guy, Joe Williams, the old athletic director. He had been way up in northern and seen a wax statue at a museum or a store. It's going out of business. The statue, he said, looked like Johnny Wooden. He pressured the school board to buy it. It came. It didn't look like Johnny. I didn't. I didn't think it since I love like small towns where they, they can't just call him John Wooden. No, <laughs> I knew him when he was Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Wooden. That's what he's known as around here. Come on, man. His name John Wooden. A wiry guard came, for the Martinsville Artesians. Yeah. Came, but it didn't look like Johnny. I didn't think it looked like him at all. I thought it was a disservice to Johnny. We put it out there. Then when they were cleaning or something, it broke. Can't remember whether it was an arm or an ear or whatever. Something <laughs> fell off. We put it back in a closet. I'd soon as kept it in the closet, but they decided to send it to get fixed. It came back and it's never been, it's been there ever since. It did look, it does look like Henry Percy, but it looked like him the first time too. <laughs> anyway, uh, are off the rails already. Yeah. yeah. We, we got a lot to talk about and we're already talking about John Wooden wax statue. It's a hell of a thing. Uh, these statues. Anyway, Baker Mayfield uh, slash Joe Buck. Somebody make a Joe Buck game. I need this to happen. I mean, I like something. Just we've some got we've got trophy. some listeners in West Lafayette. I think we can we can work with them. Yeah, even my the long you can get back in my good graces, Purdue. Even though you <laughs> lie about your drum, even if there is no West to Lafayette, it's just Lafayette. I'll start calling it West Lafayette. There we go. We can have detente between Wetzel and Purdue if you just simply come up with a Joe Buck trophy. Anyway, that's where we're at. So you were in South Bend, I believe. Talk to Jack Swarbuck. Uh, Notre Dame athletic director and one of the smarter guys like when Jack Swarbrook yeah. talks I listen absolutely no questioning him and he's he's kind of at that like intersection of all sorts of stuff and he doesn't belong to a conference so he can say all sorts of crap he basically said college football is going to uh, break up uh, into major schools or college sports and smaller schools sometime in the mid 2030s which I don't I mean that's sort of like that's kind of a long off prediction. Probably something's going to happen by then. Yeah, it's a little Nostradamus like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but he he mentioned that a lot of schools are trying to get out of their conference. Everybody wants out, which I thought was kind of even more interesting because you're like, oh, who? What 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 did uh what did Mr. Swarbrick say to you? Uh, yeah, it was a really interesting interview. Went for ranged over a lot of topics for about ninety minutes. And as you said, he's one of the smart smart guys in the field. I think his perception of the national landscape is especially valid because of where he sits, okay? he He's the only athletic director who's on the college football playoff management committee. So he interacts with all the other conference commissioners. Schedules independently nationally. So he talks to people trying to schedule football games in all different conferences. And he's a member uh, in every sport but football of the ACC, which is the biggest conference with 15 schools. So I think he's got a pretty good finger on the pulse of things. And yeah, he said that right now things are not sustainable and we are heading towards a breakup of FBS division one. And he, his theory is that we're going to end up with two ends of the spectrum. One end are the schools that still say, Hey, we are a university that's tethered to higher education and athletics is a part of that but we are not subservient to athletics and we're just going to do things as much the way we traditionally have as possible. So that's going to be, that's going to be Notre Dame. That's going to be a lot of your academic heavyweight schools. You're, you're, you know, if, if you're really going to do it this way, it's going to be Stanford. It's going to be Duke. It's going to be Vanderbilt. It's going to be Wake Forest. It's going to be, you know, maybe USC, UCLA, Cal, Virginia, North Carolina, maybe Michigan, and then the Ivy Leagues. And then at the other end of the spectrum is going to be schools that he thinks will 
spin off a licensing deal with their name, nickname, colors, logos, all those sort of things, and you'll just run an athletic business that will only, that will be the tie to the to the university. It'll be Crimson Tide Incorporated or whatever, you know, Oregon Ducks Incorporated, uh, which would be a pretty radical change. But there's a lot of people that think that that's kind of the only direction this thing can go in terms of satisfying the market pressures uh, brought on by NIL, brought on by revenues and expenditures, brought on by supporting other sports or not. Uh, and we end up there. And as for the schools that are going to want out of their conference, I, he would not would not specify to me. But I, I do think you look at the ACC and the contract situation there and the lack of revenue, the revenue gap, and that's probably a pretty good place to start in terms of schools that would be itching to leave. We know the Big 12 schools all tried to leave. The surviving Big 12 schools all tried to go uh, en masse to the Pac-12 amongst other places. Uh, I think everywhere but the SEC and Big Ten could be headed for major shakeups. And even there, you know, guys, if we end up with with if, if you're just going to break it a little bit, then break it a lot. And you may look and say, well, why if, if you're in the Big Ten, why do we need Indiana? Why do we need Purdue? Why, you know, why do we need Illinois? We like these other schools better uh, or something along those lines. So a lot to chew on there. It was really a, a very interesting talk and uh, an interesting kind of stark look at where things could be headed. Yeah, I don't like any of that. Um, no. So I hope that isn't the case. So let me put it. Let me ask this. If you were Crimson Tide Inc., would the players on your team go to college, take college classes still? Or are you just like a USFL outpost? I, I would anticipate that they would not have to take classes if you are if you are Crimson Tide Inc. Uh, we didn't tease that out all the way. But, you know, again, you're just you're licensing a name. And I think uh, most kids would st- most people, I think that would be a major recruiting advantage to still go to college. So I think they would offer that. I would think so, too. Like, I don't, I don't know anybody. But, like, there's no parent out there that says, I hope my kid doesn't go to college. No, free. but there are parents that want their kids to go to the G League or, or right. overseas or whatever, because it's like, well, that's what my kid wants to do is just to go pro. So let's. Well, I guess you're right about that. You know. Certainly in basketball. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have this overtime elite. I mean, yeah, you got the Lamar ball or something like that. Maybe in basketball. I don't know. All right. Um, I would say this. I don't think there's a chance. I think that group that takes academics over athletics will be a very small one. And I don't know that it'll include Notre Dame, Stanford, and those. Like, push comes to shove. That's a lot of alumni, a lot of marketing, a lot of money, a lot of excitement. I mean, I like, it when is. they send out, let me say this. When they send out, if you're Notre Dame, you send out your college admission brochure, emails, what you know, Snapchats, everything they do to try to attract the other 8,000 kids that go to the school, not the athletes. Or maybe there's 1,000, whatever, 7,000. You, you want the best students possible. You want 100,000 applications or maybe even more. I don't even know, right? All of that material, all of the stuff they point out includes, we have the Fighting Irish Athletic Teams. This is an exciting place to go to school. Look at how much fun this is. You can get great academics and, as a student, be part of this incredible tradition that has excited and attracted and, and bound alumni, you know, almost 100 years, right? Maybe more than 100 years. Yep. I don't know that Notre Dame's given up on that. I'm sure as well, hell Michigan and these other, like, like, do you give up on that? Maybe the Ivy League does, but yikes. Like, all I of mean, a sudden, you're like this not quite Ivy League school in South Bend. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I mean, I look at it a couple of different ways. For one, I mean, you look at it, you can say, look, our endowment is in the tens of billions and it ain't because of football. It's because of research and it's because of, you know, the num- number one business school in the country or whatever the case may be, blah, 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 blah. So, I, yes, could you survive without it? Yeah. And could you survive well? I think so. But you want all things for all people. You want all worlds. I mean, you may be trying to thread a needle here, but who's to say you can't still have students attend the games and cheer for the players who are no longer fellow students? Because we know they don't go to the games. The Nobody students? an Ivy League game. Well, no, they don't. But at Notre Dame, if you're bringing in students, I mean, you're still going to have Notre Dame Stadium. They're still going to play there. They're not going to move to Elkhart, Indiana's high school stadium. You, you mean know? if it's if, if they if they drop down? I don't, I don't see yeah. anyone dropping down. Yeah. This is like, I don't know. He I, look at like I said. I listen when he talks. Yep. I just think there's a lot of schools that would sit there and say, "Hey, we're just not going to sit there and become a minor league." And I think in, if this if this came down in 2035, and you had to sit there and say to Notre Dame, "You license your thing, or you or you're out," then they license their thing. Could be. I Could don't know. Be. I just I, I mean, think that that list is going to be small. Now you're going to have to kick people out, right? Right. You're going to have to kick out Ball State and Northern Illinois and all that. But right. to me, I don't know. And I, I don't know that college, I think college football will get bigger and bigger in the next 15 years. A, because they're going to have, I, we're already seeing in a recruit, I think the recruiting is going to get more spread out. I think the playoffs going to expand and there's more excitement when everyone can play. And I think his gambling increases into all the states. It's, it's, I think I, I, I will bet on football as yeah. a, as a future. I don't know. That'll be very, very interesting. Obviously, a long, long way off. And I still don't know how exactly you run the leagues without the easy games. Well, I, I mean, got look. to pad your stats. <laughs> yeah, because ever nobody wants to be six and six if you're used to being ten and two. And if you're nobody playing wants a bunch to be of, two and ten when right. you used to be six and six and you don't get to draft Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Right. You're just the Bengals forever. You're the Bungles <laughs> forever. <laughs> Yeah. Like we're, it's draft week, right? The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions for the second straight year have the number one and number two pick. And their fans are all excited because, I mean, eventually, right? Maybe it works. Eventually, but if they never, should. if they're always 31st and 32nd in the league, how, how do you have any fans? And th- nobody went to the Jaguar and Lions games last year anyway. But at least you had something to hang your hat on. I'm getting this guy. I, I don't know. I don't, like the best players are going to go to the best teams. It is the most American of the systems. The draft is completely like, I mean, it has to happen for the sport, but like no other sport, do you just, no other business, you just, I'm an accounting major. Well, guess what? You're, you always went to a small boutique firm in Portland. Well, I wanted to work in New York. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So I don't know. But, no, I, I, I mean, there's a look there, there. There's problems with every model. You come up, come up with a model that doesn't have massive problems, including the one we have right now. So if everybody's saying what we have now is not sustainable, then you're going to change it. But what are you going to change it to yeah. becomes the big question. I'll be very, very interested to see how that works. I don't know. But I, I all do respect to, to that. Uh, Scott Strickland of uh, athletic director at Florida had a great line. I thought he called uh, college sports a beautiful mess. <laughs> That is how I feel about it. Uh, he says, basically, there has to be a s- congressional solution, but that's probably not happening. There probably was a probably we're just going to get sued. Uh, conferences. Could, yeah, he's just like, I don't know. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like Scott Strickland's a smart guy who's devoted his life to college athletics, his professional life. 
Jack Swarbrick's a smart guy who's devoted the latter part of his professional life to college athletics. You got these guys out there. They don't know. Nobody knows where this thing's going. Nobody thinks it's in good shape, but nobody knows for sure where it's going. See, yeah. And I see, I think it's in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's, I just, I, I don't get into the doom. Here's, here's Strickland's full quote. And I, I 100% agree with this. There are three options. College athletics can continue to be litigated nonstop, which is currently happening, or there can be a correctional solution, or we can collectively bargain a solution. Right now, I don't think there's a path for any of the three. There's not a path to stop the litigation. Doesn't appear to be any congressional appetite, and there doesn't seem to be any desire for collective bargaining. So we're in a beautiful mess, right? The other outcome for the conference is come up with their own set of rules because that way there's not a there's not collusion. SEC rules may look different than the Pac-12s. The Americans just let the market. And then basically, it's just let the marketplace dictate what happened. I'm not suggesting that's ideal. I'm just saying I don't know any other way out right now. I tend to agree with that. I'm not sure what the hell's going to go down, but yeah, it is. But, uh, see, but it, but if you do that, here's the thing. Okay, th- then the beautiful mess becomes messier to the point of it's is it tenable? Because if every conference comes up with its own rules. Are they really going to still all want to play each other? You're giving more power I mean, to the warlords that already run it. You are giving more power to the powerful. And eventually yeah. people are going to say, all right, screw the SEC. Y'all just go play by yourselves. And the well, SEC I will probably it's... say, that's fine. We'll add two more teams. We'll have 16. We're good here. And we're the ESPN network of college football and or the ESPN conference. And the Big Ten is the Fox conference of college football. And everybody else can go screw yourselves. Is that good? No, I don't think that's good. CBS Sportsnet Thursday nights, 9 to 12, available. <laughs> the Mountain West. No, there I don't go. think that's good. I don't know. I just think, I don't know how you come up with rules. Right. And what are we coming up with rules against? We're worried about too much pay to the, I mean, it's, it's, it is a beautiful mess. But here's the thing. September 1, a bunch of guys are going to line up in uniforms. Teams are going to play each other. There's going to be coaching. College football will happen. It will. At the end of the day, the beautiful mess will be beautiful. There will be a game. Just because this kid got to transfer here or this guy's getting paid too much money or whatever, there's still a football game. Right. I think this, whatever they want to come up with, they need to like wait two, three years to the dust to settle. Right. At least I mean, on that, this stuff. I, that, I don't know. That would make sense. I mean, but again, is the dust for sure going to settle? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was told about some of the some of the dis- discussion along those lines during these CFP meetings, and somebody was like, "You know, we need to." That's what was one school of thought. Like, we need that. That's and somebody said, "When does the dust ever settle? Right, right. It never the does. Holistic, When's I think it the playoff going is to? part of the dust. That's my thing. Yeah, well, the, the playoff is one hundred percent part of the dust. But here is, you know, the thing is, I interviewed Swarbrick before the latest and, in my mind, greatest NIL moment of them all. Uh, I think it was Saturday night. It came out that that Miami basketball is paying Nigel Pack from a Kansas State team that stunk, that had no, I mean, never came close to making the NCAA tournament, $800,000 across two years. And the news was broken by his agency or whoever worked the deal. And so this is not, I mean, this is pure recruiting inducement. For you're paying eight hundred grand for a dude who averaged seventeen points a game on a terrible team to play basketball at Miami. I mean, hey, if that's what the market brings, awesome. But I think that's where we're a little bit untethered from a realistic market. I, that, let the market settle. Well, at the end of the does. day, he's going to play basketball. It's just not going to be in Kansas. Yeah, and if be he Kansas sucks, State. then they're going to think about throwing eight hundred grand in the next guy that comes from Kansas State. 
Then the market's going to settle. And Larinaga is going to get fired because he just wasted 800 grand from some, you know, 400 grand or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. You just have to accept that people like NFL free agency hits. They don't just sit there and they, you just have to give up on this concept. Like so-and-so signed with this team because he really liked their facility or he wants to live in that town. It's like, no, they gave me 2.3 million a year or, or 50 million, a year, you know, whatever it is. Like, why did Deshaun Watson choose? I mean, he wasn't quite a free agent, but it's the same thing because they, they guaranteed him the most money. Right. It's just part of the equation. And you might sit there and go, that's the dumbest deal ever. He's going to get suspended for all of 2000 this, or what if he does something again? He's going to be like, well, that's what Cleveland was willing to risk. At the end of the day, they'll still be a Cleveland Browns and presumably Deshaun Watson will play for him. I don't know. You just have to like, should you have it? They don't have a salary cap in baseball. I mean, it's just what it is. You sit there and go, my God, that's a crazy amount of money. But man, I remember Kansas State, you know, paying an a, a assistant basketball coach 400 grand because you could help him get Michael Beasley. Yeah, I think it was more than that for Delonte Hills, too. And that yeah. didn't count what you know, may or may not have gone to Beasley. <laughs> I think we know. I think we can go with May. May have gone to Beasley <laughs> as opposed to may not. Sorry, be yeah. easy, man. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't know. I don't need that. When the whole family moved from D.C. to Manhattan, yeah, Kansas, mean, you know, it's beautiful out there. Oh, it I is. Mean, come yeah. on, man. Flint Hills of Kansas. <laughs> this is this is the deal. I, yeah, it's crazy. Totally crazy. But uh, and then there's the positives, right? Hunter Dickinson coming back, right? No, Oscar Shibway coming back, coming back, yeah. right? Oscar Shibway is a perfect one because he, like, where does he? Both of those guys, where do they play in the NBA? Right. In the current NBA, that's there's going to be a wild schism between what college basketball and the NBA look like now because the back-to-the-basket, low-post, short-range guys really don't have a position in the NBA, so they're staying in college longer, but they'll dominate in college. Yeah, you know? and so that's exciting. I, I don't know. I, you you got to get over the, I can't believe this, someone's getting paid. Like, yeah, they're getting paid. It's fine. I'm, it's, I'm fine with not you, paid, not you, yeah, not no, you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know. I get it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's mayhem. Um, all right. Let's talk a little recruiting. Yeah. All this stuff is on the table. It's Nigel Pack's world. This is the night. Now the Nigel Pack podcast here since he's, he's made out like eight bandits. Well, if Nigel Pack's making that, what do you think Dante Moore's worth? <laughs> so we've been talking a lot about Arch Manning as the most interesting recruit number one quarterback, but Dante Moore is exerted himself into pretty interesting too. If only because he gives us more updates, although he doesn't really say much. No, but, he, but the pictures he takes are pictures, good. Takes pictures. Dante Moore is top. I think, I think he's number six overall. One of the top two or three quarterbacks in the country out of Detroit, Michigan. I can assure remains in the mix. We've said all along is a got to be a priority recruit for Jim Harbaugh. But in the, recently, Notre Dame has kind of emerged as the buzzy. They're the leaders. Uh, he and Marcus Freeman are tight. Him and his dad went down there. They got they liked it so much they stayed an extra night so they could watch the sun rise off of the Golden Dome, which, you know, is just. <laughs> That's like the Notre Dame propaganda wheelhouse right there, baby. They had the Notre Dame oh orchestra God. below them playing the Rudy soundtrack. It literally, like, <laughs> at, it, at that moment, only Joe Montana was a more popular quarterback in the history of Notre Dame. And, and, and Dante Moore was only on. Lou like Holtz a is like a thousand miles away, but like a tear yeah. rolls down yeah. his cheek because he knows it's pulled, pulled Notre Dame fans right then. They were like, who's your favorite 
player uh, ever in Notre, uh, the Montana, you know, Stonebreaker, uh, the bus, Dante yeah. Moore. Four. Yeah. He hasn't even signed. Doesn't matter. Um, but last week, last weekend, he shows up at uh, spring game for LSU. They had a big crawfish boil and uh, picture emerges of Dante Moore hanging out with Joe Burrow. Yeah. A, a fellow Midwesterner, although I don't think Athens County, uh, Ohio, and uh, Detroit, too, too, too much similarities, but uh, who found great love down at uh, LSU. Brian Kelly was recruiting him when he was at Notre Dame, but the, the recruitment really picked up with, with Marcus Freeman. So on the scale of pain, on the scale of Notre Dame pain, how much would it hurt oh. if Brian Kelly, who could never land a, a good quarterback, yeah. comes in, swoops in, and takes the, I want to watch the sun off the Golden Dome <laughs> top five superstar Patrick Mahomes wannabe Dante Moore. If Dante Moore actually goes to LSU over Notre Dame, how, what is the pain scale, Pat? It would be off the pain scale. It would be, it would break the pain scale. That would, whoo, if, yeah, Brian Kelly swoops in and gets him. And that was, that was quite a trump card picture. Here he is with the number one pick who led the team to the Super Bowl and Jamar Chase. Yeah, they're LSU guys. Uh, what, what do you got up there at Notre Dame? Yeah, you can, t- you can take his picture with Ian Book if he wants, but, uh, they had the, come they, on. he took a pick of the waffles with the Notre Dame logo on it. <laughs> he didn't actually, his best picture, I'll get to this in a second. Uh, in more depth, but he had a picture on a golden chair at Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> That's right. It's it's incredible. But uh, no, if, if Brian Kelly outmaneuvers Notre Dame and gets a guy from Detroit, uh, that would be a phenomenal coup for Kelly and a brutal hit to Notre Dame where they despise Brian Kelly. Now, this is how it works, obviously, when you get jilted and you're not used to being jilted. But when I was up there talking to various people and they would say you know how do you think kelly's gonna do it uh, at lsu i say i think he's gonna do really well and they're like oh really you know it's just like Crack, it. it cracks me up the people who don't think brian kelly's gonna do yeah. well the man won two titles at grand valley state <laughs> right he went undefeated he won the, he at cincinnati won the Mac at central michigan he went unbeaten at cincinnati he went to three to a bcs title game and two playoffs in notre dame like what do you think's gonna happen he just right. starts sucking when he gets the really <laughs> well now that he's got all these resources and players i don't think he'll do as well yeah exactly all right you can hate brian kelly or dislike him or just not really enjoy him but come on yeah they seem very disappointed that that was my my take on things there but uh, uh this would be this would be an unbelievable coup for brian kelly it would also Basically, he'd stop having to give interviews on why did you take the Notre Dame uh, to the LSU job? He'd be like, this is why I couldn't get him. I need him to win a national title. I can't get him or or it's a lot easier to get him at LSU than is Notre Dame. Well, that's the yeah, the point I was getting to. I I had a 2000 word story go up Sports Illustrated Monday here on uh, on Marcus Freeman and the new era there. And part of the new era is that Notre Dame is in on guys like Dante Moore. You know, you go into Martin Luther King High School, which has produced more than a dozen NFL players over the years, zero of whom ever went to Notre Dame. You know, they're players that go to Michigan, Michigan State, elsewhere in the Big Ten, sometimes uh, outside of the Big Ten footprint, but never to Notre Dame because Notre Dame doesn't go to places like that historically. You know, Notre Dame, and I I said this to Marcus Freeman, I said, usually you're getting guys from St. This or Our Lady of That. 
Now you are going to more public schools in more urban areas. And he said, yeah, the goal is to identify the best players, then figure out if they fit at Notre Dame, as opposed to figuring out Notre Dame profile guys from Notre Dame profile schools and then hoping they're good enough. So the the talent is first now. Fit is a close second because you got to get them into school. But they have changed the recruiting modus operandi significantly. And that's where you also you get the picture of <laughs> Dante Moore in uniform with a Heisman Trophy sitting on his lap, sitting on a gold chair. That ain't Brian Kelly's Notre Dame recruiting modus or anybody else previously at Notre Dame. That's That's a lot of swag. Yeah, I had to explain to me, too, like this. It's they I mean, look, Notre Dame's hard to recruit to. And so if you've if you've ever talked to Dante Moore, more like if you just watch his video, you know, he's got a million interviews on the Internet. I mean, I have no idea his transcript or whatever, but this is an extremely like well-spoken, mature, like that, that's a, if your 16, 17 year old son is that you'll be pretty happy. Right. I mean, this is this looks like a and so it's maybe he's not from the traditional Notre Dame school, but he fits with us. Right. And we just have to now sell him on. Hey, check out what we have. Right. And so it's a little less of like. We're just not it's expanding that pool. Right. Because this kid sounds like he's about 26 years old in the interviews. Yeah. And I, I'm not I'm not saying that that he. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But this is what Notre Dame's starting to do now. And Freeman right. opens that door where maybe in the past, you know, someone at, at, at King High School is like Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't we don't know that much about them. Now you go in and say, hey, I know I know we don't have a pipeline here. I know there's not a whole bunch of kids from around here going to Notre Dame. I know all the kids around here root for Michigan or Michigan State or or SEC teams, but come check us out. And then the kid gets down there with his dad and goes, hey, man, look at this son coming off the <laughs> off the thing. Yeah. And look at this gold chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. So good job by Notre Dame. This is going to be a fascinating oh, yeah. decision. And, and Michigan still, like, Michigan offered him in the summer after his seventh grade year. He went to the Michigan football camp, blew them away, and Harbaugh offered him before the start of his eighth grade year. And Harbaugh said, I've never done this before. So he's got a chance. um, But Notre Dame is in there. And and I think Michigan really needs him. And the more, we'll just go one more bit on on the recruiting. But like the best junior quarterback, one of the best junior quarterbacks in the country, He's also from Michigan, C.J. Carr. He's from Saline, Michigan, out near Ann Arbor. I think he's the third-rated junior quarterback, or, or sophomore, I'm sorry, sophomore. So we're two, 2024. Yeah, yeah. 2024, yeah. C.J. Carr, a lot of the people believe, is leaning towards Notre Dame. Now, I don't know if you get both. The interesting part is the car. Well, that's what I was wondering. His grandfather <laughs> yeah. is Lloyd Carr. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I, we got to see where all this plays out. I mean, we're talking about sophomores in high school's recruiting rumors right but like if you're michigan you don't get cj Carr. (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's a that would be a must get for the winged helmet i would say (laughs) i I mean it's just it'll be unfathomable right (laughs) like what (laughs) didn't get him but i mean that's so uh, there's a lot of a lot of interesting recruiting in the quarterback ranks going on Anyway, we'll see where where Dante goes. He's giving us good content when when Arch isn't doing anything. Yeah. No, between the two of them, we'd pre- and if they could schedule it kind of like one week one of them does something newsworthy and then the other week the other one does, yeah, that'd yeah. be great. So so uh Dante, you're off the hook. Yep. Arch, uh, Arch give us something, something for Thursday. Yeah. 
you know, he doesn't have social media. We're this is what we're down to is college football media. It's like scanning kids' Instagrams. <laughs> Gold chair, get a post up. Let's go. A bit of spring football news. Last, I think it was Thursday. They had the Florida spring game. Was there, why was that on Thursday? I think they wanted to keep it out of the Easter. Easter weekend as much as possible. Okay. Regardless, Anthony Richardson. I don't know what we're going to get out of Florida and Billy Napier's first year. It's his first year. They are light on depth. Uh, they, everybody around Florida talks about we, that the portal's got to come through for him. Uh, and I think Florida's got a lot to offer, right? Playing time and Florida and SEC. But how, how many guys can you really get at this point out of the portal? Although I think there's going to be a flood after these spring games. But they do have Anthony Richardson, who is one of the more puzzling or polarizing stories last year. His natural talent is in, is incredible, but he, he Dan Mullen didn't play him that much. Uh, now, he completed fifty only 59.4% of his passes, 529 yards, six TDs, and five picks. But then he also ran for 501 yards and three scores. Spring game, he went 18-24 for 207, two touchdowns. He also ran 22 yards and a touchdown. He looked really good. How, uh, how interesting, this is, I don't know, thoughts on Anthony Richards. I don't even know how to lead it into, but this is going to be a pretty intriguing guy to watch. His Heisman odds literally dropped from 50 to one to 22 to one on a spring game performance. <laughs> it's classic. Vegas was watching. Let's yeah. just put it oh, that yeah. way. Vegas is always watching. Yeah. I mean that, I think one of the reasons Mullen found himself getting so much fan criticism and some media criticism was the flashes of what Anthony Richardson showed were a much higher upside than what Emory Jones had and that Mullen was very conservative in terms of, well, but you should see the mistakes. And hey, maybe he was right. Look, he's the one that saw him in practice all the time and hope most people think Dan Mullen has a good quarterback record. But when Florida was struggling to the extent that it did, it's like, come on, you got to play your most talented guys and let them work through some mistakes. And maybe they play like superstars. And maybe a guy who's built like Cam Newton plays like Cam Newton. Uh, and you get something that you really need in a program where you're currently at a talent deficit against Georgia and others. So that was kind of the where things stood. That was the tension point there. And, and the more Anthony Richardson shows and things like a spring game or whatever, the more... <clears throat> there's going to be retroactive criticism of Dan Mullen. If he becomes a big star, that's going to be part of Mullen's epitaph at Florida as well. You played the wrong guy. Uh, but, you know, there's the risk reward. We'll see if he does pan out. And, but uh, Billy Napier, I think it's very clear who his quarterback's going to be. And Napier had a good way of using the quarterback, I thought, at, um, at Louisiana Lafayette with Levi Lewis. Uh, you know, it was a very talented, kind of overlooked, uh, just – made plays, made things happen, crafty uh, quarterback for, for those really good Louisiana teams. So, I, you know, I, I like what he's done with his quarterback position the last few years. We'll see what he does with uh, with Richardson. I think this all started when Richardson was, I think, leading into the game, uh, game day of the Alabama game when they, they ruled him out, Dan Mullen ruled him out, and he's he still dresses for warm-ups and is doing backflips going into the game, and then he doesn't play, and they lose by, like, you know, like centimeters, he could have been the difference in that game. And you're like, wait, yeah. is, is he hurt? Because he's doing backflips. I think he looks fine to me. <laughs> yeah, is, there, were, uh, there was there was some credibility issues with the Mullen uh, regime at the end there and on, on multiple fronts. Yeah, this is going to be uh, – Anthony Rich is one of the most exciting players. And 
Could be. I, you could see him turning into something massive, or he struggles with accuracy and turnovers and all that. But yeah. all right, May 1st, uh, Sunday, is the final day to enter the transfer portal. So should be a should be a flood. We will see. Uh, our man, Coach Drink from uh, Missouri, uh, is looking forward to it. He said, because then once it's closed, your team is your team. You get kids, but you can't lose anybody. Uh, we all thought the big push was going to be this week. We haven't seen it yet. All of us are like, it's going to be a mass exodus to the portal. Maybe there will be, maybe there won't. There'll be a lot of selective things. And and the, the portal giveth and taketh away, right? Yeah. Um, Coach Prime down at Jackson State, we live in the transfer portal. <laughs> we got an apartment in the portal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not bad uh, i imagine he is he's just sitting there working for the for the guys in shocking news alabama picked up a good player how about that tyler harrell uh terrific uh wide out for uh, louisville he's heading over there yeah you lose you lose your deep threat portal guy jameson williams and you replace him with a deep threat burner portal guy that's that's how it rolls at alabama this is the thing with bama right they get all their guys and just poop Got a little bit of a weakness here. <laughs> they picked up an offensive lineman from Vandy I thought was interesting, too. Mm -hmm. I think offensive line, if we're looking for a weakness at Alabama, it's like their one thing. But I thought that was telling because for a long time, they were pretty strong in the trenches. That was not yeah. what they were looking to to grab guys. Depth in the big guys. Um, so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. So we should have a lot more by next week of knowing at least where we're at. And I, and I like that. Um, settle in and let's do this again people complaining but this is this is the world you live in it is and that's yeah and i mean frankly yeah look and there's going to be some guys getting big paydays out of the portal but there's also there will be players that don't find a home this is the musical chairs business where sometimes you don't get anywhere you don't get a scholarship or whatever i've seen in a recent development popping up transfer portal satellite camps uh smaller schools like hey we're going to have a camp. Come on down if you're in the portal. We'll have 50 portal guys here, and we'll have colleges here to look at you. Uh, it seems some D2 schools offering that, some FCS. Supposedly, Florida Atlantic had one in the works. I don't know whether that's uh, going to happen, but uh, that's part of the new new world. Well, it's a problem because uh, you know, I was talking to a, a coach uh, the other day, and they're trying to figure out – So. I mean, look, Alabama's one thing, but everybody else, it's like, do you take a guy who couldn't make the field at, at somewhere? Not, not Al, almost going to always take an Alabama who was ever recruited, but, and just go on as four stars out of, or three stars out of high school, but you haven't seen any tape on this guy in two years. Right. Or do you go with the, the kid who earned his spot and is overperforming maybe the level he's at, but that might be his ceiling. And, Great, you can tear it up against low D one or or D two, but how do you fit? It's a tricky thing. You know, look, Malik Willis is going to be pro potentially the first quarterback, probably the first quarterback taken in the uh, NFL draft on Thursday. And when he was coming out of Auburn, and he ended up going to Liberty, he only had like three offers. And I know uh, Hugh Free said, you know, there was no film that you could evaluate whether he was a good quarterback or not. Yeah. Just no tape, nothing. And they just had to basically say, we think he can do this. But until you got him on, you haven't seen the kid throw a football in years. Right. So it, it's tricky. And I can see these combines becoming a thing because how the hell do you know? Sure. Absolutely. That, that, you, the, that's the thing. There, there have been enough 
portal misses, especially in basketball. They're, they're probably, I'm sure, have been in football too, but maybe they're less glaring. Uh, that I would say schools are going to be increasingly wanting to do their own evaluation in person before we decide, okay, yeah, we want to bring this guy in. Uh, all right, we would be remiss if we did not mention uh, Villanova coach, basketball coach, Jay Wright retiring, uh, just up and retired at age 60. Uh, did not give us a chance to spend a year getting gifts. And <laughs> no, um, said over 21 years, had the opportunity to live out a professional dream as head coach of Villanova. Now it's time to give a new era of Villanova. After 35 years in coaching, I'm proud and excited. Hand over the reins. Uh, they hired Kyle Neptune over there. He just doesn't want to coach. He's, it's going to take a moment. He's got a ton of money, of course, um, but two national titles, uh, five eight regular season Big East titles. Incredible coach, incredible guy. Big loss for the sport for now. Does he come back in a couple of years? Maybe, maybe not. But um, good on him to just sit there and go, I don't need to do this until my last breath or whatever. It's a very Jay Wright move. It was extremely Jay Wright move. Shocking, but in, you know, once you get away from the shock of it, because nobody saw it coming, and apparently this goes back to like the end of the regular season. Dana O'Neill reported of the Athletic that that's when he decided he was going to retire, and they kept it quiet for a full month, which is hard to do. But the circle was like minuscule. It was. Jay, his wife, Mark Jackson, the AD, and Jay, Mark Jackson's wife. Those are the only people that knew for a long time. Anyway, yeah, big loss. Uh, love covering him. Just a, a classy guy, but also kind of an interesting guy. You know, I mean, he was a good good interview, uh, told good stories, all those kinds of things. But, yeah, to your point, and I thought a good column by Dan Wolken, USA Today, we might see more of this. The money is good enough. That you don't have to, and especially as you transition out, you get a, further away from the Depression and World War II and people that were either from then or raised by parents who were in then that don't think that, gosh, you know what? I may lose every dime I have at any moment. You know, I've got to keep making money. I've got to keep working, work, 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 that that mentality may change. There may be a generational shift in how people view work. And, you know, I can't say that is definitively the difference between Mike Krzyzewski going till 75, Jim Beheim on his way to going till 109, and Jay Wright retiring at 60. But it's an interesting kind of premise here. It's like Jay Wright isn't the kind of guy that sits there saying, I need that third title so I have as many as Roy Williams or I have as many as uh, Bob Knight. Uh, or, you know, anything. that's not what drives him. He's won two titles. He's done everything he could do in the sport. He's 60. His parents are his kids are all grown. Got a house on the Jersey Shore. Got a house in Florida. I'm going to go live a little life. Good for him. I think we'd all probably like to do that at age 60. Well, yeah. And if he wants to come back, I mean, virtually yeah. every school in the country would fire their coach to hire Jay Wright. <laughs> yes. Yes. So or he could go to the NBA or he could just work with USA. Bat. There's a million things you can do. And um, yeah, when you've, you're making millions and millions of dollars, you're 60 years old. He's probably, I don't know, how many, what do you think he's earned, $50 million? Yeah, something like that. More. I mean, he's been really highly paid for at least like 15 years. And, I, you know, one of the highest paid, I would think, in the last six right. since winning that first title. And you can do TV if you want. You sure. Cannot. You can just, just, you know, I mean, he spends a lot of money on suits. <laughs> I think that's it. Now that they don't wear the fancy yeah. suits, it's He's just lost not a Jay Wright sport anymore. That's right. It's not a Jay Wright sport. It's a Tom it's Izzo like, in a pullover shirt. So yeah, sport. yeah. It's, it's not a Jay Wright kind of thing anymore. Now, uh, Jay Wright's awesome. Uh, big loss for college basketball because he was ready to assume that kind of 
I don't want to call them the elder statesmen, but senior statesmen. And just, mm-hmm. you know, this is and it's good to have a, a really good team in the Northeast. Like yeah. one of the reasons college basketball maintains its interest is is the Big East. And a lot of people in the Northeast love college basketball. Hey, we got so. we got the Peacock still holding it down. Got the Peacocks. <laughs> the Peacocks. Holloway, get, he'll get Seton Hall going. We'll see. They'll be all right. Yep. But yep. uh, yeah, that was uh, that was uh, a shocker. That was good. All right. You want a shocker of a story? Bring it. There's a woman. Uh, was on top of Mount Walker, northwest of Seattle. It is a uh, some kind of hiking trail. I have never climbed Mount Walker. You might be surprised to know. <laughs> she got to the top and needed to uh, go to the go. Re- you know, nature called while she was out in nature, and there is mm-hmm. a pit toilet up there on Mount Walker. Okay, apparently quite deep. A pit toilet. Oh no! Don't tell me she fell in. <clears throat> a-, a woman who accidentally dropped her cell phone into the hole oh. of a pit toilet. Oh. Fell in. No, then she went in oh. while trying to retrieve it and had <laughs> to be rescued by firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. Worst day ever. Yeah. <laughs> Britain Fire Department Chief Tim Manley. This is from Oregon Live, although I think it's an AP story. I'm sorry. It's an AP okay. story. Tim Manley. That's a good name for a fire chief. That's Oh, yeah. I want a guy named Tim Manley running my fire department. <laughs> we'll pull you out of a back, just a a turd pile. Tim Manley is that who needs to save you? Tim Manley will get you. He'll put three. He'll put the fire out. Um, made the big mistake of using her phone when it fell in the toilet. So you got to wait. Is yeah. that, does that call that important? <laughs> right. Manley said she wanted the. <clears throat> The cell phone. I guess this is our question. Is there a point where you just give up? Hell yes, um, there is. Yeah, and that's like, the this point. Is, this is the point. Yeah. <laughs> she disassembled the toilet seat. This woman is really resourceful. Oh, my God. Used dog leashes to try to get the phone. What? Okay. She was trying to fish it out with a dog leash. Then she used the dog leash. She tied herself off and tried no. to reach for it. Oh, my so God. So the, the, the tie of yeah. the dog leash was going to hold her. <laughs> As she reached down into this pit to get the cell phone. However, the leash released and she fell into the toilet head first. Quote from Manly. The leashes didn't work very well. And in she went. (laughs) Oh, brother. Uh, I mean, head first. first. I mean, it's one thing. It's I mean, it would be really bad if your shoes and you're up to your knees or whatever. But. Head first. That's oh, oh, that's bad. Oh, the <laughs> gasp in the oh, yeah. <laughs> the woman was alone and tried mm. to get out for ten to fifteen minutes. However, she found the phone, oh. which was apparently still operable, oh. and she called. She called nine one one from the pit. <sighs> I got you the nine one one call. <laughs> I'm in the toilet of my Mount Walker. <laughs> yeah. Even a guy like Tim Manley is like, this job may be too big for Tim Manley. <laughs> yeah, right. Can we send someone else, please? Who's okay. the lowest person on the totem pole in this fire department? Go get this woman. Responding firefighters got there. They passed her blocks to stand on. Mm. So they basically built a staircase from the bottom of the... How is deep is this pit? Ungodly. Ugh. To reach a harness, they then pulled her out. <laughs> the woman said she was uninjured. Her pride was she destroyed. Was, she, 
she was washed down and, oh. quote, strongly encouraged to seek medical attention after being exposed to human waste. But she only wanted to leave. <sighs> Hope she didn't take a city bus home. What the? This <laughs> woman. Quote from Manly, I've been doing this 40 years, and that was a first. I bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, like, how many times would you have to shower before you felt even remotely like you weren't just gross? You know, I mean, uh, infinity. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad one. That's a really Wait, bad one. Oh, uh, don't don't talk on your phone in the no. bathroom. <laughs> anywhere. Right. Exactly. Because, hey. yeah, drop it. It's going to go somewhere you don't want it to go. But Whether it's a bathroom at a bar. A pit toilet. Yeah, a pit toilet. <laughs> what exactly were you doing on the phone? You took the time to hike up the Mount Walker. I'm sure it's picturesque. And you had to check your phone. And then you just, you got to write it off. I mean, yeah, I know the no. phones aren't cheap, but. Yeah, no. You got some point. You got to punt. You got to punt on that. You, you got to be like, well, that that's not good. Even the, the, the football coach who's the no punt guy, even at times he did, like on a fourth and 30, <laughs> he would punt. And that's fourth and 30 right there, baby. No, no, that's like the fourth and 75 that Louisiana <laughs> Tech did when the they, 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 the snap that yeah, went over the over quarterback's head. head and the wind <laughs> took it and took it all the way down to the, the other three. That's what that is. <laughs> that's fourth and 75. <laughs> yeah. We were at the Rio Olympics in uh... – Whatever that was. We sure were. 2016. Uh, so when we would walk, we could walk. We had this long walk. Johnny Ludden and uh, Cody Brunner, a couple of my, our editors at Yahoo, as you know, Pat and John and uh, Sully knows. Um, we would walk from where we were staying to the Olympic area, the media center and all that. It was kind of a long walk. And one part of the walk, we went over this lake river thing, some body of water. Yeah. That sewer was clearly just going into. Yeah. Because it stunk. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, the environmentalism of uh, Brazil, not strong. <laughs> it had, no. uh, you know it's bad when it has like a no smoking sign on this bridge going. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was, so, and the bridge was very wobbly. It was a very kind of dicey part of the trip. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we used to say, how much would you pay? This is kind of discussion when you're walking. <laughs> to go get submerged. <laughs> what What number? Because there's a number. <laughs> Like you say, I will Everyone never go in that number. pit. Yeah. Is there a billion dollars? Would you do it, Pat? Uh, oh, for a billion? Yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, there's a number. You yeah. go, no, no, there's no number. All right, yeah. 10 billion. I'm way I under I mean, you're setting up your family. Yeah, for, I, I'm, you're talking a million? I'm, I'm yeah. considering it. Dunk right. me. Yep. So my, Dunk I don't know what number I had, but it might have been like 10 million. Yeah. But I, because I would also need to rent a helicopter, I would hang on to like a rope <laughs> and I would get submerged. And then the moment I'm under, it'd pull me directly out and I'd have hired a fire department to hose me down immediately. <laughs> That's the only way I would do it. The, Bra- the, the, Tim, Man- the Tim Manley of Brazil would be there to, to hose yes, you down. Yes, I would be in and out <laughs> like quick as, quick as possible, right? Like a pogo <laughs> stick, in and out, bang. And then like, I don't know what number it'd be. It'd be a lot. No, I might wa- not be enough, but I walked over that bridge with Eric Adelson. We didn't have that conversation. So. That bridge was ter- terrible. Oh yeah, no, no, it? it was very unsettling. It was. Yeah, it's like of all the bridges to be really <laughs> shaky. <laughs> right. Yeah, the one over the sewage water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awful smell. Um. But yeah, I, I no, I'm not going in after that cell phone. I mean, what's a cell phone cost? Five hundred bucks. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that is not my number. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, it's not. Unnamed woman. Boy, tough, luckily tough for story. her. Tough story, Ada. Tough story. Uh, head first. <laughs> How was your hike, honey? <laughs> not so good. <laughs> You're never going to believe it. <laughs> I think they yeah, believe it when they smell you coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting out of the car. The car stinks. You stink. Like, what? What? <sighs> Uh, all right, we will be back uh, later this week. We may or may not do a do a draft one. We may just talk college football. I don't know. We got to figure it out. We'll be back later in the week. But appreciate you all listening. Uh, continue to subscribe, share us on social media, tell your friends about us, leave us nice reviews, all of those things. Uh, you can leave us a bad review. Just give us five stars. I don't know. Yeah, you know. we'll take that. Um, but we're here for you with all the all the important discussion points. Uh, we will talk to you later. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.